Hello, welcome to episode two of the Hockey News on the Dub podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm and with me is our WHL expert, Liz Child. Hi, Liz. Nice to see you. Hi, Carol. Happy to be back again for another week. Yeah. And uh, just to let you know, uh, before we get started here, we've got a little bit of a uh, smoke detector issue lurking in the background. Uh, there it is. <laughs> right on cue. It loses <laughs> ends of things. Um, as far as we know, it's uh, it's coming from some other nearby apartment in Liz's world. So it's not something that uh, that we're able to get a handle on. But uh, hopefully you can bear with us and uh, it won't be too much of a, a distraction today. Uh, how's your week gone overall, Liz? Uh, it's been pretty great. I mean, for me personally, we had the San Jose Barracuda home opener back to back this weekend. And I'm happy to report that the Barracuda are a perfect 4-0 to start the season. So Nice. Um, that's yeah, how about for you? Uh, it's been super busy. A uh, couple of Canucks games. Uh, I don't need to tell you how that's going. So uh, we'll just move on <laughs> from there and uh, run down what we're going to talk about today on the pod. Uh, we've got the WHL's three stars of the week coming up. We'll be checking in on the Chicago Blackhawks as our NHL team of the week. We've got a goalie spotlight, our draft eligible player spotlight, and of course, the weekly Connor Bedard report. Um, one other interesting note, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, and earlier today, uh, NHL Central Scouting released its first draft list for the uh, for the 2023 draft. I can't believe it's actually the 2023 draft after all these years of talking about it that we're just a few months away from finding out how this is going to shake out. So um, at this point, they're just putting players into groups of A, B, and C rankings, sort of the top-ranked players, the A's, could be first-round candidates, the B players could be second- or third-round candidates, and the C ratings would be players that could fall in rounds four, five, six, somewhere in that range. So uh, we'll be mentioning some players today that are on that list and where they fall, and uh, in future weeks we'll be digging in a little bit more to uh, what that means and what we might expect to see over the coming months as the uh, draft draws nearer and these players continue to progress through their season. So uh, should we get started with the three stars? Yeah, I'm excited to get to it this week. <laughs> um, well. uh, let me introduce our third star this week, uh, a defenseman from the Vancouver Giants who was actually named the WHL Player of the Week last week. Um, but given a C rating by NHL Central Scouting, so that's a little bit of a glass half empty, glass half full for uh, defenseman Mazden Leslie of the Vancouver Giants. I mean, he's ranked, and I think at this point, that's what players are looking for. I mean, they'll tell you all day and all night, oh, I never look, I never check where my ranking is, I never hear about it, but they, they all know, they're all aware. Um, but I think at this point of the season, it's so early that just getting on that rankings is all that they're asking for. Um, but yeah, Mazden Leslie impressed the entire WHL last week. You know, he was in four games, which four games, seven days, a lot of games. Um, and he was only kept off the score sheet in one of them, uh, which, you know what, as a defenseman, I'm never fully expecting that they're picking up points. Uh, you know, my thing with defensemen is I want to see what you're doing defensively. Uh, but you know, one goal, five assists in four games. You can't be mad about that. Um, he did take five penalties, which is a little bit concerning just because I'd like to see that number come down a little bit. But, you know, he had a fantastic outing. And 
I'm looking forward to seeing what he does the rest of the season because I know he's been talked up to me quite a bit. Um, yeah, it was interesting to see that um, he's got a, a pretty distinct physical element to his game. He's got a couple of, couple of scraps up on HockeyDefights.com. So uh, it seems like he's a very, very versatile defenseman who will get noticed in lots of different ways. Uh, definitely a player to keep an eye on for the Giants as the, uh, as the season goes forward. Um, second star of the week, our first goalie mention of today's episode, uh, turning to the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, tell us about Carson Bjarnason. Yeah, so Carson Bjarnason, I feel like everyone last week maybe was a little concerned that he wasn't talked about a little bit more just because he's off to such a hot start with the Wheat Kings. Uh, through nine games this season, he has a sub two goals against average, uh, just under, so 1.99, but through nine games, it's still impressive. Uh, he Overall, this season so far, he has a .945 save percentage, which I want to see if it's sustainable. But so far this season, it has been. You know, he had – I think he's had two sub-900 games this season, but he's followed them up with outstanding performances. And, you know, that just response to, okay, I'm, I'm getting lit up a little bit, and then just turning around and – being like, okay, but I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Is is something that I look for in goaltenders because that confidence, I think, just kind of helps you build throughout the year. Um, he did only get 23 games last season, um, but again, it's only been nine games. He's just looked better and better as the season has progressed, and I can't wait for the next game that we see out of him, and then the next game. And I'm just looking forward to. I don't think I've ever been this excited, and this is going to sound maybe a little controversial. Some people might not like it. I don't think I've ever been more excited to watch a Wheat Kings goaltender throughout <laughs> the beginning of a season. Um, well, NHL Central Scouting shares your enthusiasm because uh, they stamped Bjornesson with an A rating. So uh, he's uh, off to the races as far as they're concerned in his, uh, his draft eligibility position. Um, he's got good size, 6'4", 180 pounds. And uh, I also noted that... Um, he served as uh, Scott Ratzlaff's backup at the uh, at the Helenka Gretzky Cup in uh, in August. So uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about Ratzlaff uh, further down in the podcast. But uh, he did get into one game, and so he has a gold medal to his uh, to his credit. And uh, it'll be an interesting battle to see how the two of them sort of um, you know muscle <laughs> up against each other in the goalie rankings as we get closer to the draft. I think right. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. And, you know, I like a good goalie battle. I like when teams have goaltenders who can match up against each other. Um, unfortunately, different conferences, so we won't get to see them head-to-head really, like, maybe once this season. But I'm excited for it, so we'll see. Uh, um, all right. Um, so, Bjarnason, uh, definitely a player to watch going forward. And our first star this week, uh, from the Tri-City Americans, we've got center Tyson Greenway. I feel like this one might have been a little bit of bias. I probably could have put Bajarnas in first star, but I was debating very heavily. But Tyson Greenway put up three goals and two assists against Portland on Saturday, and I cannot look overlook that. Same with uh, Lucas Siona last week, three goals, three assists. Tyson Greenway, this was his first hat trick in the WHL, his first five-point night. Like, it's just such a big accomplishment that I feel like, you know, I really had to highlight that this week. Um, he's had... 10 games this season. He has four goals, five assists. So last last Saturday was a really big bump for him. And I'm looking forward to see, you know, if he can keep it up and keep finding these these surprising games. Uh, because the Americans, one, they really need it. 
But two, it's just something that I think they've been waiting for him to just kind of, you know, burst through. Um, and a couple of interesting notes on, on Tyson, even though he plays for the Americans, he is Canadian. However, <laughs> his cousin, Jordan Greenway of the Minnesota Wild is American. So uh, there's uh, some, some cross-border uh, activity in that, uh, in that family. And uh, wishing all the best to Jordan Greenway, who went through uh, shoulder surgery during the offseason and then was injured in his first game back with the Wild this year. So he's back on the shelf again. So hoping for a speedy recovery and getting, uh, getting Jordan back in action at the, uh, at the NHL level. So uh, that's our three stars for the week. And now we will move on to our NHL team of the week in this segment. Um, We'll talk about a different NHL team each week and the WHL players that they have in their system. Uh, we're starting off with the Central Division. Last week we did Arizona, and this week's team is the Chicago Blackhawks. So uh, take it away with, uh, with the Blackhawks prospects for us, please. Liz? Yeah, so the Blackhawks currently have three players in the WHL. Uh, they have Nolan Allen with the Prince Albert Raiders, Colton Doff with the Kelowna Rockets, and Kevin Korchinski with the Seattle Thunderbirds. Um, again, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that one of these is a little bit higher on my personal standings, but just because I've watched him so much. Um, but we're going to start with Nolan Allen, the defenseman with the Prince Albert Raiders. Uh, you know, he was a first round draft pick in 2021, uh, the final first rounder. Um, and he's off to a good start this season. You know, two goals, two assists in his eight games, 16 shots throughout the season so far. So he, he's doing well offensively. Uh, he does play as like a physical two-way defenseman. So seeing him pick up some points is fun uh, for me just because, I don't know. I say I like to watch the defensive defenseman, but at the same time, I'm like, I love when you get points. It's great. Um, he's a quality skater for a bigger body. You know, he is one of those like six, three, six, uh, six, two, six, three, something like that. He's a taller guy. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's nice to see a, bigger physical defenseman who can skate. Um, you don't tend to see that all too often. Um, he does need to work on his puck handling, though. So, like, you watch him skate, and it's great, and then you watch him handle a puck, and you're like, okay, if we could bring those to match each other, that would be fantastic. Okay. Uh, next up, Colton Dock. Yeah, so Colton Dock, I was excited for Kelowna to get him back. Uh, you know, Chicago sent him back a little bit into the season. It was exciting. Kelowna was excited. Everyone was like, yay, we have Colton Dock back. It's going to be a great season. He played three games and then entered concussion protocol. So a uh -huh. little bit of a rough start. Yeah, we're, we're hoping that he gets to come back soon. Uh, he hasn't been in a game for a couple. Um, but, you know, he played in just three games, picked up three points, a goal and two assists, basically came back and looked exactly how everyone wanted Colton Dock to look. Um, and he can play center and wing, which I feel like at this level, a lot of the skaters can do and are comfortable doing. Uh, but he's one of those guys that just makes it look easy to kind of make that transition. Um, and he's, his ability to find open space on the ice and get himself open is incredible. It's something that, you know, I, I like watching just even when he's not the guy that someone's passing the puck to, just his ability is going to, get him pretty far with the, any NHL team, especially with the Pop Pop, so you know. <laughs> For sure. Uh, just to, as a note, um, Doc was drafted at the end of the second round in 2021 uh, with the 62nd pick. And of course, um, there was great excitement when it happened because he was going to be coming up in the system with his brother Kirby. But then uh, 
the Blackhawks spoiled that storyline when they traded Kirby to the uh, to the Canadians this summer. Yeah, that uh, brings us actually to our third our third player with the Chicago Blackhawks because that trade led to them being able to trade for the seventh overall pick this summer, uh, <laughs> which broke my heart. I genuinely and people can fight me about this all they want. But I genuinely think that the Sharks were planning on taking Kevin Korchinski. Um, and then when he went seventh overall, they were like, well, that was our plan, so let's trade down, get a couple more second-rounders. It worked out really well. I'm very happy for everyone. And, you know, like Kevin going in the top ten, beautiful. I love it. Um, but it does bring us to Seattle Thunderbirds defenseman Kevin Korchinski, who was seventh overall this summer. Um, I don't know how much more I can say about this player, but, I mean, I guess if you're listening and you you don't follow <laughs> It's going to be all brand new for you. Uh, but he is an offensive defenseman. So, again, as much as I was saying, oh, I like defensive defensemen, uh, there's a difference and a clear exception with Kevin Korczynski. He is outstanding to watch. The passes that he manages to make and find and just connect with an, in any skater on the ice is incredible. Um, he does have some defensive lapses, but he makes up for it with, you know, his ability to quarterback a power play, his ability to just – make his teammates look really good while also, you know, just standing out on his own. Uh, he isn't, in my opinion, the strongest skater, but his his transit transformation from coming into the WHL and then to where he is now just in the last two years even has been absolutely phenomenal. And I think he's just going to keep progressing in that area. He's never going to be that guy on the team where you, you look at him and go, oh, man, Kevin Korczynski's going to skate circles around everyone else but he's definitely progressed to the point where now he doesn't step on the ice and you go, okay, what's he going to do now? Like <laughs> he's in my opinion, kind of the exact opposite of like Nolan Allen where he's going to puff handle and be able to do all this amazing, you know, setting up players. Uh, and yet he's not the most physical, not the best skater. Um, well, and it sounds like even as we're seeing more and more younger players, including younger defensemen, jumping into the NHL with, uh, you know, in their teens or their very early 20s, which was more uncommon, you know, even just a few years ago. Um, you know, maybe Korczynski is a guy who can still benefit from a little bit more development. Um, and then by the time he's NHL ready and, and, you know, again, he only just got drafted in June. So it's not like I'm, I'm slighting him by suggesting that uh, a little more time might, might help him to be that much more well-rounded by the time he joins the Blackhawks, perhaps when they're starting to hit the upward trajectory of this rebuild. Absolutely. I'm a little interested to see though, how they do this year, uh, just with his development, with not having Kyle Hagel there anymore. Uh, Kyle Hagel is now an assistant coach for the San Jose Barracuda, but spent, I think it was four or five seasons with the defenseman in Seattle. So just kind of seeing how that's going to progress. And Hagel was also their strength and development coach and kind of worked on all of that with the guys. So I have no doubt that, you know, the incredible staff in Seattle are going to be able to keep up with everything. I just, it's an interesting story for me. Yeah, and it's it, change is always intriguing. Um, we've got a little more Seattle talk coming up on the docket in just a second, and certainly uh, their record reflects that everything's going just fine in the Emerald City at this point uh, in the uh, season. But uh, I just wanted to touch quickly on a couple of um, other players from the Dub who are currently in the Blackhawks uh, roster and playing with the NHL team. One is uh, Reese Johnson, who uh, is 24 and spent four years with Red Deer. 
he joined the Blackhawks organization as a free agent in 2019 and has been kind of bouncing back and forth between uh, the AHL and the NHL, but uh, did play 37 games with the Blackhawks last year. He's on the Chicago roster as we speak today. Um, and as far as I can see, he is not related to uh, Taylor Johnson, who is or Tyler, sorry, Johnson, who is also playing for Chicago. Uh, and, and the former Spokane Chief had his number yeah. retired last season. Yes, and uh, Washington State native, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think I think that's correct. Um, and then the other uh, WHL alum on the Blackhawks roster is Juju Kara from uh, from Surrey, BC. He had a really interesting development path um, playing in the BCHL and then going to Michigan Tech for one season before looping back to the dub and played for one season with the Everett Silver Tips in 2013-14 and then uh, turned pro. And he signed with Chicago as a free agent in 2021 and is now in his second season with the team. So that's your dub spotlight on the Chicago Blackhawks. Now... Yeah. It's Liz's favorite time of the week. It's goalie spotlight time, and uh, as as mentioned, we are turning the uh, the camera to the back to the Seattle Thunderbirds, who are eight zero and zero so far this season. And uh, one of the contributors that has made that happen is uh, Kalinka Gretzky Cup gold medalist uh, Scott Ratzlaff. Uh, he shows up on Central Scouting's list today with a with a B rating, um, but has done everything that's been asked of him so far in Seattle this season. Yeah, and I'm very excited uh, to see what else he can do. Uh, last season, he kind of broke onto the scene. He played a little bit before, but last season, I feel like everyone kind of learned his name and were just like, okay, who is this kid? What's going on here? Because Thomas Millage is incredible. He's outstanding. I feel like everybody saw that throughout playoffs. Of course, he was playing so well. Scott didn't get a game in playoffs, but Scott Radcliffe is that kid that you want him as your backup goaltender and throughout the season, like you're going to rely on him to keep Thomas Millich fresh. You're going to rely on him. If Millich gets injured, if something happens, you're going to want Scott Ratzlaff in there because he's going to be able to hold it up for your team. Um, like you said, the the Thunderbirds are 8-0-0-0 right now. And Scott has played three of those games, has won all three of those games, has pitched a shutout in one of them. And it's just been a fantastic year to watch the Thunderbirds. I think just they've, continued from what they've done last year. Um, but again, through those three games, he has a 930 save percentage, a 1.61 goals against average, which as of yesterday morning, he was leading the entire league in goals against average. Um, again, only through three games, we're still in the first month of the season. Well, we're actually just entered the second month of the season. So that's going to shift a little bit, but he is absolutely outstanding um, and a lot of fun to watch. But on top of watching him on the ice, I feel like you've learned a little bit about him as well, but Scott is a multi-talented. Uh, <laughs> he, he shared with us that he also plays the saxophone and talking with him uh, late last season, you know, I asked him, what's the most fun thing that you've ever played? And he sat there and he was like, Oh, the first thing that came to mind, uh, I played in band, you know, back in Irma and, we played Enter Sandman, and that was so cool. I was like, <laughs> what? Like, I just wasn't prepared for Enter Sandman to be the answer of, oh, yeah, that's the most fun thing I've played. I just also wasn't expecting him to have ever played it on a saxophone. Or in a high school band, for that matter. We never had Metallica on the playlist when I was in band. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I, I, I did a, a feature on Ratzlaff for uh, the, the goalie issue of the Hockey News, which I think is uh, out in the universe now, and uh, really enjoyed talking to him uh, about uh, growing up in Irma, and he was giving me the, uh, the, the, the rundown of all the uh, NHL and NHL adjacent players from his uh, small town, Alberta, and how they all play golf together in the summer, and, and what he's been able to take away from, uh, from those guys. Uh, Carson Soucy is his cousin. Um, so there's a, there's a bunch of, of connections there. And the other story that he told me that I thought was just fantastic was um, in the November of 2021, they uh, didn't have the normal U17 challenge that they typically have at that time of year because COVID was still an issue. So they, uh, they ran something called the Capital City Challenge in Ottawa with uh, a number of U17 teams. And uh, Canada's women's national team also took part in that tournament just to uh, kind of mix things up a little bit and get them some reps. Um, so uh, uh, Ratzhoff's team ended up playing against the, uh, the women's team in the bronze medal game. And so he had an opportunity as a 17-year-old to, uh, you know, get between the pipes against these gold medalists that he's been watching, like, almost all his life, the Marie-Philippe Pelins and the, and the Natalie Spooners of the world and stuff. And so he said that it was a pretty sort of starstruck experience. And the moment that really kind of stuck in his head was, uh, um, you know, being in that, watching what's going on, looking at how crisp their passing was and how tight their skills were. And then all of a sudden he looks up and it's Natalie Spooner with her huge eyes coming in <laughs> on him on a breakaway. <laughs> and he was just like, holy. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like Scott's just such a great storyteller too himself. Uh, just listening to his him talk about just anything that he's gone through or anything that's happened. It's, you can't really do it justice on your own just because he just tells it in such a fun way that you're just like really excited about everything he has to say. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to watch a game where Scott's rat rats off is playing, make sure that you also catch his, uh, his post-game interviews and any other uh, media that he does around the game, because uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely an outgoing fun storyteller and a, a very cool goalie to keep an eye on as we go forward. Um, yeah. uh Last thing on him, I was I was laughing because uh, some of the season ticket holders, I believe, for the Seattle Thunderbirds got to meet the team a little bit and got them all to take a group photo. And for some reason, the only person in this photo doing the, like, number one pose was Scott Radbaugh standing there like. <laughs> Everyone else is just kind of like, yeah, we're taking a photo. And he's going. And I just, I don't know. I feel like that's just part of his personality. He's just always prepared for something a little bit different. And it, it's. Fun to watch. But also, as a goaltender, kind of getting back on topic, um, he's been fantastic. Like you said, in the Helenka Gretzky, just sorry, again, last thing. I could go on about him forever. Um, but in the Helenka Gretzky, he had four games and got two shutouts. He, he allowed two goals in four games. So, yeah. Can't wait to see more. Yeah, couldn't have gone better. And again, not uh, with Red Deer being not that far from Irma. He had uh, lots of friends and family in the in the stands to support him for that tournament as well. So uh, that was a, a cool experience for him. Um, up next, we're going to move on to our draft eligible spotlight, which we could apply to just about everything we've talked about in today's episode. Uh, we had a very, very strong focus on the, the 2023 draft eligibles. Um, but for this segment, we're going to focus on uh, left winger Andrew Crystal from the Kelowna Rockets, who got a B rating today from NHL Central Scouting. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know how much more there is that he hasn't already just shown himself. You know, he has seven goals, six assists in 10 games. Um, basically, anytime you choose him to score first in the Kelowna Rockets, like, who's going to get our first goal Twitter thing? Uh, it's If you guess the Andrew Crystal, you're probably right six times out of 10, three times mm-hmm. out of five, whatever. Uh, he's just always on top of everything. He is outstanding to watch. He's really fun. Uh, Honestly, I don't really know what else to say. You know, he's averaging, I think, like four shots a game, which, I mean, after you look at Connor Bedard, you're like, oh, he's averaging like seven. It's fine. But it's just, he's not afraid to be that guy who, when the Kelowna Rockets kind of just needed someone to step up, he's not, he's, he's that guy you can turn to and be like, man, just got it. It's fine. Uh, we'll be okay. Uh, and they've had to rely on him for that a couple times this year. You know, there's a couple couple Rockets that you might be able to say that about, but I feel like Andrew Crystal, even since last year, you've been looking forward to this being his team, and I think he's kind of stepped up and taken that role on, especially after they traded guys like Jake Poole. Uh, so, again, uh, another player to keep an eye on as, as the season goes on, and uh, like Connor Bedard, Crystal also hails from the uh, – from my stomping grounds here in the lower mainland. He's a, a native of Burnaby, BC. So uh, another uh, good prospect for the draft that we'll be that we'll be watching as the season goes on. Um, and that's my my favorite. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> my my favorite Andrew Crystal fun fact for the season. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just I needed to get this in it. Is that yeah. he is one hundred percent on faceoffs, but he's only taken one. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a fun okay. fact because you like to see it, but. Sometimes you got to just quit while you're ahead, keep that perfect rating and uh, <laughs> take that to the bank for you. Um, exactly. No, I was getting excited to move forward because uh, I was trying to ride my seamless segue from Andrew Crystal into uh, into the Connor Bedard report for this week. Um, needless to say, Connor did get an A rating from NHL Central Scouting. Can you imagine the headlines today if that hadn't happened? Um, <laughs> he is... Uh, he is leading the, the WHL in points and all and has had, you know, a fair amount of attention paid to him over the last uh, several years. So uh, tell us what's up with Connor this week. Well, since we last talked last Thursday, uh, they haven't played a game. The game actually got uh, postponed uh, with awful weather, which I don't have to worry about because I'm out here in California. So my weather is perfect. Um, <laughs> we had an earthquake this morning, so maybe not. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it doesn't matter if he's played or not. Connor Bedard is always going to be that top you, you're going to talk about him no matter what. Um, as you know, I had seen it on Twitter. You pointed out that it was a Thomas Drance who had said it, but he had posted saying that Connor had said that he cried for a week after the 2011 you know, when Vancouver Canucks got knocked out, lost the Stanley Cup. I think I also probably cried for a week, but I think it was different levels of tears going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, that's, it's definitely relatable emotions from Connor, from uh, those of us in the Lower Mainland. And uh, I, I did a piece last week for the Hockey News website talking about how maybe um, the Canucks woes this season are some sort of hockey god um, attempt to pair Connor with Vancouver because... Uh, in 52 years of Canucks history, <laughs> they've never had a number one first overall draft pick. They had terrible luck in the draft lottery. Um, this was supposed to be a playoff year, but now here they are, the NHL's only undefeated or un, 
winless. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Un unwinning team uh, in the NHL. So maybe, uh, you know, this region has never produced a player with the, with the pedigree that Connor has. So I feel like maybe there's some sort of uh, hockey gods at work here trying to uh, get a, a local boy franchise player onto uh, the Vancouver roster. And that's pretty much the only hope that fans in this town have to cling to right now is uh, as the Canucks ride through this, uh, this situation. Um, as far as the, uh, the weather in Regina, yeah, not a, not an earthquake, but uh, I did have the pleasure of being in Regina in late October, I guess, three years ago, 2019, the um, heritage classic was held there at, uh, at Mosaic stadium. And uh, so I can, I can speak as a, a, a yeah, sort of soft VCR who likes, uh, you know, rain is okay, but let's, let's like, you know, hold things <laughs> at the freezing temperature. Um, there was snow and the weekend that I was there. And of course the stadium was outside. Um, so we had the full snow globe effect for the game. Looked pretty, but uh, was, was pretty uncomfortable. And the thing that really got me was the, the, you know, raging prairie winds at 40 or 50 miles an hour. Um, again, it makes the flags outside the stadium look really cool when they're up and like totally horizontal. But uh, only old man winter apparently can keep Connor Bedard off the score sheet by postponing. <laughs> <the game. laughs> that sounds about right. Some forces that are unstoppable. So um, the game that they were supposed to play against Moose Jaw on Sunday has now been postponed to Wednesday. And then they'll be hosting uh, Everett on Saturday and Tri-City on Sunday. Um, what do you expect from Connor this week? And uh, how do you think those teams are going to uh, hold up against Regina? Well, I think both teams are going to be hungry uh, to get to keep them off the scoreboard, but also just to get wins in, in Regina this, this week. Um, Everett has been on kind of a bumpy road, which is surprising. Like, we weren't expecting that out of Everett this year. We were expecting them to come out of the gates and just be the same Everett we've seen for the past two or three years. Um, but they've had a little bit of ups and downs, and I think it's going to be interesting. Goaltending somehow for the first time in ever has been a big question mark for Everett this season, and I say that full well knowing that I love Braden Holt, I love Metzger. It's just been an interesting start to the season for them, and facing a guy like Connor Bedard, it's either going to help them shine and push them to that next level, or it might, might be a little bit rocky of a, of a weekend again for them. And then Tri-City – coming off, you know, that 5-1 win in Portland that I'm not going to lie, nobody thought that they were going to pull off. Maybe they did, but I think everyone else in the WHL world was just like, okay, yeah, we're going to write them off, but they had just beaten Everett as well. So you never know what's going to happen. Tri-City has kind of come out of the gates. They have an outstanding goaltender in Tomas Sukanek, um, and they have a fantastic backup in Nick Avakian, and I think he also hasn't been getting as much uh, attention that he, as he's deserved. Um but it's going to be interesting. I don't feel comfortable calling it one way or another because it really just depends on what type of night these two teams are having. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how that how that goes this weekend and uh, what those what those matchups deliver. So uh, definitely something uh, something for us to keep an eye on. Um, that's our final official segment for uh, for today. So once again, thanks so much for tuning in uh, wherever you are watching or listening to uh, to the pod thanks again for all the uh, great support and feedback that we got from you for episode one uh, it's been a lot of fun putting this together and uh, we're very appreciative of uh, of all the, the eyeballs and tweets and uh, and ears and everything else that are uh, are coming our way 
Um, if you do have any uh, feedback, suggestions, things you want to know about, um, Liz is the girl to talk to because she's the one who sets up the plan. Uh, as you can see, if you're watching us, uh, you can hit her up on Twitter at Liz Child, and that's spelled uh, L I. Z-Z-Z-Z. Oh, no. I'm in a little bit of a crisis moment. <laughs> <laughs> she is in so I got to give her the L-I-Z-Z-C-H-I-L-D. Um, so reach out to Liz on Twitter uh, and uh, give her a follow and let her know what else you uh, you want to see from the pod in, in weeks to come. We'll, uh, we'll do our best to make it happen. Uh, what's on top for you this week? Uh, well, I have a call with uh, a couple of Tri-City Americans players in about two hours here. So that'll be really exciting for me personally. And then, uh, you know, we have more San Jose Barracuda hockey coming up. San Jose Sharks this week. It's going to be an absolute incredible weekend. But uh, the WHL, I just, I got a couple of different talks with some players coming up later this week as well. So something to keep an eye out, including a newly named captain of the Portland Winter Hawks, Gabe Clausen. So very excited. Uh, you actually just had a really fun talk. And then you have more coming up this week. So I can't wait to hear about those as well. Um, yes, let's let's ride that Portland Winterhawk wave. Uh, I had Carolina Hurricanes were in town here in Vancouver last night. So uh, I had a chance to talk to Seth Jarvis after the morning skate yesterday. Um, yeah, great, great kid. Super fun. Um, I, uh, I did ask him um, how he felt about Portland introducing the personalized goal songs. And he was wildly envious um, that that's happening. <laughs> Uh, I asked him if, uh, you know, he'd never had a personalized goal song of his own, but uh, definitely something that he would, would like to have. But I, he couldn't pinpoint exactly what it would be. It was just like, it'd be something really sick. So uh, he did personalized goal songs when he was on the team, though, and he definitely didn't change it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, he did say he loves <laughs> TNT. And, uh, and he also added that it definitely would not be Barbie Girl. <laughs> Disappointing. It's okay. Luca Canyoni is just supreme. It's fine. <laughs> um, the other thing, I learned a new hockey nickname from uh, from Seth yesterday that I had not heard before. Um, I was asking him about his status on the Hurricanes as an honorary Finn, and he was talking about how he spends a lot of time hanging out with Jesperi Kok Miami, that they're kind of, you know, day-by-day day day buds and spend a lot of time together. And then he's also skating on Carolina's top line with Sebastian Ajo and uh, Tevo Teravainen right now, or as he called them, Fish and Turbo. Um, and Turbo, I understood. Turbo, Tevo, that makes sense. That's that's pretty standard hockey stuff. But uh, I, I honestly, I had to come home and Google where Fish came from. Do you know? Yeah, so it's uh, Sebast, because it's Sebastian. And as far as I'm aware, his nickname's Fishy or Fish, and it's been yeah. uh, really really highly enjoyed nickname I think by people who follow the team closely yeah um and yeah I saw that um they combined for a really nice goal last night and uh, I saw that the, the hurricane social media channel um used the used the fishy nickname so uh I I am now in the loop and I know what's going on and I was amused to see on google that apparently the other Sebastian Ajo playing for the New York Islanders also goes by fish <laughs> <laughs> Oh, love it. Absolutely wonderful. So that's, uh, yeah, the way things the way things go in the hockey world. Uh, just to wrap up today, I want to give you a quick reminder to tune in to uh, the rest of our new Hockey News family of podcasts covering uh, 
prospects all around North America. Uh, we've got the THN on the O pod with hosts uh, Brock Otten and Tony Ferrari. THN on the QMJHL featuring Will McLaren and Jamie Tozer. And then we've got the Hockey News American Pipeline podcast hosted by Mike Stevens and Sydney Wolf. Um, if you subscribe to the main Hockey News podcast on uh, any of your favorite platforms, you should be able to get all of those in your feed, um, keep you busy all week, keep you uh, engaged with all of these prospects and uh, drafted players uh, across junior hockey and uh, keep you busy for the next week until we meet again. Thanks again for uh, tuning in and we'll see you next week.